a cup of coffee with my with my mom. But people can listen to us getting it right. It's right? so boring. Yeah, dude, my whole career is based on a behind-the-scenes camera that never stops rolling. I know, and I'm here to fix your career, Mike. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because out of everybody on this call right now, my career is in the most desperate need of fixing. I didn't want to say that out loud. Michael, that drink. You're still drinking that horrible-looking drink, aren't you? It does look like thoroughbred's urine. No, doesn't it, it looks like orange juice to me. Doesn't it? With a head. That is true. It does have a head. <laughs> Lemon, apple cider vinegar, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, collagen, honey, and water. Well, there's nothing bad in there. What are the mm. benefits that you believe or that you were told? Erections lasting four hours or longer. Not good. Not good, dude. It's my fingernails are growing faster. And they're thicker, which I like. That's the collagen. Yeah. Right. Here. Oh. Can you see this Doesn't one? explain all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Put it up a little closer. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> Hi, Mom. How's it going? Hi, Mike. It's going well, thank you. This has been a hectic week, but oh. we're surviving. Good. I'm glad. Hectic how? Oh, I know how. Well, Dad had surgery on Tuesday, had his cataract surgery on Tuesday. Yeah. And um, apparently it went well. The surgeon was pleased. We went to his post-op on Wednesday, and she said that everything looked fine. There was one little adjustment she had to make, and otherwise everything is fine. But, you know, there are a lot of restrictions after cataract surgery. A lot of drops. Now, is this the same surgery that you had? And if so, is it the same surgeon who performed it? It is the same surgeon and the same surgery. Um, but his eyes are normal where I, I have a, an astigmatism in my left eye. So that was a little more difficult mm. and a little more expensive. <laughs> I bet. You know, it's embarrassing for me to admit as a guy who fancies, you know, knowing a fair amount of words and grouping them up in ways that oftentimes yield in some sort of some sort of remuneration. I was horrified to learn <laughs> as an adult <laughs> that an astigmatism or astigmatism is not a stigmatism, <laughs> but astigmatism. An astigmatism. An astigmatism. An astigmatism. Right. Correct. Right. So, I mean, what are the other derivations of that word? Are there any? Are you astigmatic? Or is this where we get stigmata from, by any chance? <laughs> I rather doubt it. I, I only know that it means that your eyeball is an irregular shape. It's kind of elongated, I believe, mm -hmm. which means a special lens, which means $1,500 more. <laughs> Wow. That ain't... <laughs> yeah. well, but dads were normal. Dads were normal. So good. Uh, but, you know, he's not allowed to bend over. He's not allowed to put his eye lower than his heart. So he's adjusting. He played pool last night with Bob. We all went out to dinner and I looked across. The ladies were playing a game in the game room and I looked across 
and I could see the pool room and I saw dad. He was trying to shoot the ball without, <laughs> without lowering his over. head. And he, he said he did okay. He, he won some games. So, hmm. um, yes, and putting his shoes on, um, the first day I did it, put his shoes and his socks and his brace on. He didn't really like having me do that. So the next day he did it. So he's been doing it. Um, he has a stool right in front of his chair, and he just puts his foot way up on the stool. And, a stool being the thing you sit on with four legs, not the stool uh, that we were talking about last week or last month. Or uh, it was. Yes, a little stool or a little bench, something that you can rest your foot on. Mike coming in hot with the double entendre. <laughs> Chuck, you're shaking your head like, oh, how dare I go there? But we've, I mean, honestly, if you look back on, <laughs> oh. on the topics that have been broached thus far during Coffee <sighs> with Mom, Mm. Uh, I think you'll find stool and stool samples. If you were to search both of those, assuming mm -hmm. you don't have a uh, stigmatism, you would see right there on the page, we've gone there before. Which yeah. really has nothing at all to do with cataract surgery. So he's having his second eye done in three weeks. Okay. Cataracts does not affect your stool? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I haven't gone there but um, I'll tell you, you get the stool in your eye and <laughs> you're going to have problems. You're going to have pink eye. Cataracts will be the least eye, of your worries then. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Well, the most annoying aspect of this is that for the first week following surgery, you have to have drops in your eyes, drops in the affected eye four times a day. Mm. Then the next week, it's three times a day. The next week, it's two and then one. Oh so for God. a month, you're having these drops. So in the meantime, you have your second eye done. So it takes a little organization. Will you be putting drops in his second eye? Like, is that a crossover where you're still dealing yes. with his first eye? So two drops here at four. Yes. And then four drops over here at at two. <laughs> Three times, yes. So, oh uh, my it's god, what does the, write do you have a down. chart or something? You yeah. must have like a yes. giant matrix. There is a chart right on the refrigerator, and whenever I, <laughs> yeah, but I can do it. How is John as a patient on a scale from one to ten? He's good, he's really a good patient. I know you expected to hear something more exciting, but he's very good and he's very appreciative, and he hates. For me to have to do things so every night for a week he has to sleep with a hard patch over that eye so that during the night he doesn't inadvertently scratch it or rub it or i don't sling my arm over and hit him in the eye i try not to do that does that happen a lot when you guys are <laughs> slumbering over like the years it's happened once or twice <laughs> from both of us no your honor um, i didn't slap no. him i i was sleeping Yes, that's what happened. My arm just reached out and cracked him over the nose. Sleeping. Uh, yes. I got to tell you that uh, I have, since I've been playing disc golf, I oftentimes will wake up in the middle of the night because I've thrown my arm like I'm throwing a disc golf, and I literally, my arm goes swinging. Like in a dream? Uh, like in a dream. Like you're disc golfing yeah. in a dream. Like a dog oh, chasing a rabbit. my arm actually goes through the motion. Yeah. Yes. It's disconcerting. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Hmm. I can see that as your defense in the courtroom. Well, Your Honor, I really didn't mean to kill her. I just, I was, I was playing I, disc golf. I was just playing through, Your Honor. I was just playing through. <laughs> right. Well, hey, I'm delighted that we're not talking about death. There was a lot of feedback. 
I think it was last month or the month before. People, people don't know quite what to make of our conversation sometimes because, I mean, I don't think they're morbid necessarily, but, you know, it sure does seem like, <laughs> I mean, offline we've been discussing mortality a lot. And um, you know you're welcome well, you to talk do. about anything you want here, but, you know, I'm just, uh, I just never know anymore what you're going to come out with. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, I'm on social media because <laughs> because my publisher thinks that's an advantage to writers to be on social media. And I believe it is because I have lots of followers. But, you know, they really like stories that are upbeat, stories that are happy, stories that make them smile. Although this week I did one that wasn't really all that humorous, but it really has gotten a lot of traction. What'd you write about? Um, Chuck can bring it up. Um, I wrote about marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeping it fresh, I believe. Keeping it fresh, yeah. Uh-huh. And how dad does his part to keep it fresh. Like some days it's four drops in one eye, some days it's three drops in the other. That kind of... Well, we had gone to post-op, and when we left, we stopped at Costco so that they could pop the lens out of his glasses, his old glasses on the affected eye, because he no longer needed that adjustment post-surgery. So now he's walking around with a lens in his left eye and nothing over here. So after that, we stopped at Bob Evans for breakfast. And um, he was looking at the menu, and I said to him, I'm glad you can read the menu. What looks good? And he looked up and he said, you do. (laughs) Well, that's called keeping it fresh, you know. Amen. Dad does that very well. What happened next? We ordered a big breakfast and we ate every bite. It was delicious. <laughs> I don't really, I don't know if you ever go to Bob Evans, but they have these enormous plates of food. Who can eat three big pancakes, two eggs, three pieces of sausage, three pieces of bacon, and a big helping of home fries? So we just got one order and ordered a second plate, and it was plenty. This is where uh, Chuck just gets up and excuses himself because you've triggered all manner of salivary glands. And- oh. Very hungry now. Yeah, you're like, who oh, can I- eat this? I'm like, I can. Yeah. Send oh, that's right. It's still, it's still early out there, so you probably haven't had breakfast. Uh, no, I'm actually on your time zone, Peggy. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in North Carolina. Mike hasn't had breakfast. Oh, I knew you were. Oh, I thought you had gone back. No, I'm staying here no. forever. Much to Mike's chagrin. <clears throat> no, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> you enjoy yourself out there. We all miss you here. Let me introduce you to the new producer. <laughs> Peggy Rowe. Right. Oh, yes, right. I'm really qualified to be a producer. I can't even get my Bluetooth hooked up. Oh, come on now. It only took us 20 minutes. We got it. Well, the discouraging part is I was able to do it Last month, right away, but right away, something yeah. was different. Something was different this month, probably because you're in North Carolina. Yeah, I, that's got to be it. I'm it sure. could be. It could be. We've been at that this for years now. Do. Really, it's very, very rare, very rare for it to start 
just the way I want it to or for everything to fall in place. You know, it's just endless, just endless things. Mics, earbuds, connections, uh, slow internet, inexplicably Bluetooth, a guy with a leaf blower, a guy with a weed whacker. The light is wrong. Power outages. Power, sure. And we're fortunate because we have never had a problem with an ambulance out front. Those sirens are a little bit noisy, mm-hmm. and Whereas, they come, you know, frequently. How many people there at the home would have called that thing an ambulance? <laughs> Did I call it an ambulance? No, it's no, an you ambulance. got it right. Yeah, an ambulance. Properly. Ambulance. But that's a, like a classic Baltimore thing. Dad calls it a meat wagon, but that's <laughs> kind of rude. It's, it is a bit insensitive. They come from time to time, but certainly not every day. <laughs> I would tell you, Dad's out there working on his taxes, trying to figure mileage to doctor appointments and so forth. Well, a couple of days ago, he got out his, he was working on his checkbook. He got out his register and he said, oh, do you think if you could iron this, it would straighten it out? The pages were all wrinkled and sticking up all over the place. So I put it under the sofa cushion where Dad sits and watches TV at night. And I said, you sit on this three hours a night for a couple of nights, and and it'll flatten out. So today he's working on his checkbook and says, I can't find my check register. Have you seen my check register? And we both thought about it and thought about it. Finally, I remembered putting it under the sofa cushion. So he took it out and and sure enough, it was flatter than it was. It's not perfect. But that's what old people do. You put things places and you're sure that you'll remember where you put them, but you don't. That is age. Well, I suppose, I mean, maybe if it becomes more frequent, but that's a universal feeling of knowing, like, you know that that register, it just didn't get up and walk out. You know it has to be somewhere, and it's not in the place, it's not in a logical place. And when that happens, something sort of delicious occurs, at least for me anyway. Like, when I misplace my keys, right, I know I'm going to find them, but there's a period where I can't for the life of me imagine where they went, or, to be more accurate, where I left them. And so it becomes... And do you find yourself looking in places that you know they couldn't possibly be, like the refrigerator or well, the pantry? Dude, I mean, I ran down one day. I think I might have told you this. I was running yeah. late for a VO, and I ran downstairs to leave, and I realized I didn't... I forgot my coffee. And I went back up to get my coffee... And then I went back down to get into my car, and suddenly I didn't have my keys. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I just opened the car, so I know right. I know I have my keys. So I searched the car, and I searched my pockets. I'm like, I, I must have taken them upstairs. This is inexplicable. And I go upstairs, and I check the counter. The ta- I mean, all the places, like there are five or six places where I conceivably could have left them. And to your point, <laughs> once everything conceivable has been checked, then you you have no choice but to enter into the realm of the inconceivable. Right. 
And that's when things get delicious, right? Because it's like that episode, I think it was the Twilight Zone, or like little blue men following us around all of the time. You know, and sometimes they move things. Like that that was the explanation in the Twilight Zone hmm. for this feeling. But I have not yet subscribed to that feeling. I just know that when I was about to give up, I literally felt something like I, I could have lost my mind, but I was hanging on because I knew there had to be a rational explanation. And when I opened up the microwave and saw them sitting inside the microwave. Michael, you did not. I swear to God, they were in the microwave because somehow in my mind, <laughs> I'm thinking about the VO I've got. I'm thinking about the route I want to take. I know there's construction up here on the one road. So, and the coffee, <laughs> I had left it in the microwave. I had heated it up and I was just going to grab it and go. And somehow in that grab and go, I took my coffee, but for whatever reason, I put the keys where the coffee had been. Like I was doing some sort of cosmic swap. Like uh, wow. like Indiana Jones replacing the uh, the gold thing, or, you know, in the tunnel with a bag of rocks or whatever the bag of rocks. to keep the weight there. Yeah. Right. I can't for the life of me know why I would have done it, but that memory just vanished and I knew it. I knew I was going to figure it out. But the pressure of being late and then just being teased and titillated by the undeniable prospect that those keys were somewhere. They had to be. I love that feeling. Oh, that's terrible. I think I'm going to worry about you, Mike. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I think I'm worried about you. Well, one night, you know, I don't cook very often, but one night I did have a casserole. I um, preheated the oven, and then I put my casserole in the microwave. <laughs> and I even put the timer on for the... Well, guess what? 30 minutes later, there was nothing in the oven. It was in the microwave. <laughs> I hope I don't do that again. That was scary. That well, yeah, but what a fun a moment bit. when you open up the oven and it's not there. <laughs> and nothing's there. And your brain <laughs> has to sort it out. You just, you're, yeah. you're going to have to sort this out. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Uh, I got a good one for you. These AirPods that I'm wearing, these are the second pair that I, the second pair that I have. Uh -huh. Because one day I got up, I had my pajamas on and I put my AirPods in my pocket. I, you know, I was doing whatever I was doing. I was on the phone. I took them off. I knew I put them in my pocket and I went about my day. I got dressed. I went and we had a podcast later that day. And I was like, okay, where are my AirPods? And I, I reached in my pocket. I'm like, they're not there. Oh, it's my pajamas. I pick up my pajamas. I knew exactly where they were in the pajamas. I pick up the pajamas. I reach in the pocket and they're not there. And then it's like, ooh, because I distinctly had a memory of putting them in my pocket. 
And I went all over the place. I mean, I first just did everything. I looked everywhere. I looked at the stupid places, like in the refrigerator. And I thought, what, what, what? But it's like, no, I had this memory. And then I took, and I, was, I remembered the find my, you know, my iPhone thing. And I'm like, okay, let me type this in. And it's like, oh, they're here in the building. Okay, I know they're here in my house. And so then it's like, you put it on and it didn't beep. I didn't think to hit the beeping thing, but I hit the, you know, the directional and it took me to a place and I'm standing in this place and it's in my bathroom downstairs and it's nowhere in the bathroom. And I think, well, maybe it's right above me upstairs. So I go upstairs in the bathroom and it says, no, I'm right here. I'm right on top of it. And I'm like, well, what? Yeah, I have no idea. And then I said, well, maybe it's in the garage. So I went down two stories to like where I think this is in the garage. I'm like, how could they be in the garage? They would not be in the garage. And finally, I was so frustrated. I mean, this is like maybe the better part of an hour that this happened. I drove to Costco and bought a new pair. And then like, Mm -hmm. Two or three days later, I get up in the morning, it was a little chilly, and I put my bathrobe on and I stick my hands in the pockets and it was in the pocket of my bathrobe. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. But like standing in the space, you're right on the space and I'm looking at it, it says it's right here. And that's great. I find it. No, that's great. That's great. It was hanging um, on the door of my bathroom door behind me. I, you know, couldn't see it. I can't beat that, but I'll tell you about two weeks ago, I misplaced mine and I was searching for them. I was maybe 20 minutes into it and it was the same kind of day, running around, just plates spinning, dealing with things. And I eventually just sat down in the living room and I just like, be rational, go through the last hour again. And then my phone got a text and my phone was in the kitchen. And suddenly, as if God was talking to me, I heard inside my body a voice say, someone with a 310 area code has sent you. And I realized, God bless America, the earbuds are in my ears. <laughs> They're in my ears. <laughs> and I, what I, I, think, I think that wins. <laughs> Well, it only went on for maybe 20 minutes. You went for days and went to buy some new ones and everything else. That's it. But yeah, when you hear a voice come like in your head, it's like, mm. okay, that's a hint. Yeah, I found them. Found them. That's a glasses on your head kind of uh, mm-hmm. story. Yeah. You know, where you look, you've done so, that, Peggy, right? I've done it. Yeah. Everybody's done that. Yeah. So do you wear your AirPods out? I mean, I see people shopping in the grocery store and they're talking and they've got their AirPods in Aren't you afraid you'll lose one? Because sometimes they Mm. fall out. I lost one on a plane not too long ago because I had it in the whole flight and I had forgotten about it. You get used to them, you know. I'm just waiting for the unintended consequence of these things. There's going to be some sort of hearing brain cancer? Or the tinnitus, you know. Yeah, could be the brain cancer. Probably an astigmatism will form in your ear. Anastigmatism, yes. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> What's new in the wide world of hobbies, Mom? What are you into now? Has anything changed? Any new adventures? There's always something new. Golly, I've been so busy writing. But the other night, I was down in the, at the fitness center because I do, if I sit a long time at the computer, I do go down to the fitness center and I get on, well, sometimes I get on the elliptical but that's pretty demanding. I really prefer, it's something called the new step. Mm-hmm. You sit, 
and your feet go back and forth pedaling while your arms go back and forth. So you're moving your limbs. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how much of a workout it is. I never break a sweat, but I do that. But anyway, I was on my way back up to the apartment and I passed, you know, I passed the dining rooms and I passed the puzzle table and the pool table and I passed the card room. And there were two big tables filled with people playing poker, seven at each table. Do you play poker, Chuck? I play (laughs) poker quite a bit. You're kidding, right? Oh, no, Chuck Chuck has a problem. Chuck has a poker problem. I'm not going to lie to you. I played two games of poker online today, earlier this morning. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, I want to learn because it was fun. I mean, I just stood at each table. People know who I am, you know, and they'll say things like, you're going to write about me? And I'll say, well, I might do a story about poker, but I won't write about you specifically. And then I took some pictures of the table because... I don't like to take pictures of people. And they said, oh, no, take my picture. Take my picture. So anyway, somebody had to get up and go. So the men invited me to their table. One table had five women and two men. The other one had seven men, and then one had to go. So they invited me to sit down. I said, I don't have any money, and I don't know how to play poker. And they said, well, that's all right. You're good company. Just sit with us. And I was just going to stay a couple of minutes, but it was so fascinating. Hmm. I don't know what kind of poker you play, but... There are so many variations. There are. Um, I mean, the only one I had heard of was seven-card stud and then five-card stud. Then they had something where pairs are wild and the card after the pair is wild. It gets so convoluted. Well, I mean, these are elderly people, and two or three of them were really sharp and kept everybody else on their toes, but there were a couple who... They never knew when it was their turn, you know. Well, how much do I have to put up? You know, you put up two nickels. They play for nickels. But I think it would be fun because it's so, there's so many varieties and it's kind of convoluted and complicated. I don't understand all the terminology. I don't know why when you say check, you, you don't have to put money in, but then when it comes back around, I don't know how to play, but I would be I happy to would teach like you it and everything about oh, it. God, I love poker. I have played since I was probably nine years old because uh, they used to play in my house all the time. My grandparents, my mom, everybody had their own coffee jar filled with nickels and pennies and dimes and quarters, uh-huh. and they had their name on it. And they would just come over and just pick up their jar, go to the table, and they would play with those. And uh, yeah, that went on forever. Well, these people really love it. They play two or three nights a week. In fact, there are games, I think he said four nights a week somewhere, but not in this particular room, because Oakcrest has three communities and a lot of game rooms. Mm -hmm. But when I sat there, I kept feeling like I, I was in a Western because my only connection to poker is whenever you watch a Western, the guys in the saloon, you know, are are playing poker. And I, I felt like they should all have a cigar or. You know, or right before somebody gets shot, usually. And I said, "Is anybody packing heat before I sit down? Because I don't want to get in the way of you know shots under the table." And they assured me nobody was packing heat. But it was fun. Um, I've played a lot of other games here. Well, I, you know what? You are a gamer. We come from a long line of gamers, but you're going to cross a line with poker, or you're going to cross into another level of complexity. 
Not that Pinochle can't be complicated or hearts or all the other games you play, but poker is endlessly. Like the possibilities are truly endless. And Chuck is, Chuck's a good player. I mean, you're, you're up, right? As they yes. say. I did stop counting a few years ago, but I kept track for a while and every year I was ahead. I shouldn't say that out loud. He yeah. goes on cruises. He's been on poker cruises. Yeah. Oh, so where, you play for money. Yes. I mean, when you play online, you don't play for money, do you? I'm afraid oh. I do. We oh, play Chuck. not for money online. I play with my friends, but we exchange money based upon the game that occurs online. We just use the online thing. Are there ever bad feelings? Uh, very, very rarely. Very rarely. Not that are expressed. Sometimes it can happen in a game where somebody does something sloppily or wants to take back, like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. I meant to do this. That can trigger people But uh, when you're in person. But um, but no, we're pretty good. We all get it. and We understand that there is a bit of luck in the game. It's not a total skill game. It's way more skill than... Um, you know, like Monopoly or something. But, uh, you know, it's uh, if there weren't luck involved, then the pros would win all the time. But professional card players can run all the numbers. It's really just playing the odds, you know? It's like mm-hmm. if you're I mean, based But there's the- also, I mean, unlike Dominoes or Big Two or, or Rummy, you know, mm-hmm. you're also playing the person. That is correct. I mean, so there's a lot... Play the player, yeah. That's what's so interesting, like, in a... In a home like Oakcrest, I'd be fascinated to see <laughs> how that generation is, um, you know, playing the person. Yeah, because it's—I mean, it's—it's it's such a big part, especially once you introduce wagering into the whole process. You know. Yeah, I think they only play for. Well, they had some dimes, but I only saw nickels, and the the highest raise or amount that I saw put out was fifteen cents. Uh, that seemed kind of big. But some people like to play for quarters, they tell me, but they don't like to do that there. What's the most <laughs> you've ever won, Chuck? Uh, over $1,000, uh, for sure. Chuck, yeah. do you have a problem, hon? Not that while I'm winning, no. Um, uh, one time uh, I played, I went to Vegas for the World Series of Poker for the very first time, one time, because I played in a home game, we ranked points and every uh, game we put aside like five bucks out of the buy-in toward the big jackpot. And then we played a game at the end of the year and whoever won that game took the money that was in the jackpot and had to play in a World Series of Poker game and everybody else in the game got a piece of them. In other words, they got, you know, like uh, 10% was divided up I get to keep 90% and then 10% is divided up amongst all the other players. And I went, I played in a $1,000 game at the World Series of Poker. And I played there for probably 14 hours, I think, the first day and made it through the bubble, which is the bubble is uh, if you bubble, you don't win any money. If you make it past the bubble, then you're in the money. And I made it a little bit past uh, the bubble. I would have done, I would have made it a lot further, but I, uh, I wound up getting my kings cracked. A guy basically hit a three-outer on me. He had ace-king. I had a pair of kings, and uh, he hit an ace. And I lost that, and then I went downhill. But I... No, Mom, I he doesn't I, have a problem at I all. I think I this made is all a... perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I cashed it's, out for I think about twenty two hundred, something like that. So, so it well, was, when uh, you go, mm-hmm. do you take a certain amount of money with you and say, "Yeah, all when I lose money. that, I'm I take finished." All of my money. Yeah. 
and then when I lose that, I'm finished. I take but a I, certain amount of money, all of it, certainly. I do do that. I say I'm only going to take this amount, and uh, you know, and that's it. You know, when you play for money, it's a different ball game altogether. My God, that's what that Mike the, tells me. Look, that's why I can't do it. I mean, I can't. I hate gambling. I hate gambling in casinos, and I hate gambling cards, and I hate playing for money. And I really have thought a lot about why I hate it. And I'm not sure any of this is to my credit, but I'm a, I'm a better winner than I am a loser. I don't like to lose, whether there's money involved or not. Um, but I think you speak for everybody. Yeah, most people are like that. Not you, Mom. I've seen you lose, and you're just... I've seen you cheat in order <laughs> not to win. Oh. I've seen my mother cheat wow. in order not to win because my mother in a card game, no matter how heated it gets, if she starts to feel bad for somebody who hasn't won in a while or who is so far behind in points, she will cheat to favor them. And she will try to convince the other people in the game that it really wouldn't be in their interest to keep winning when somebody here is just is just getting battered. You You're know. like the Robin Hood of uh, cards, Peggy. She is. She's socialist with cards. Except that I don't play for money. But, mm. well, I did that not too long ago. Four of us ladies play at 1 o'clock on Mondays in the library, unless I'm really busy and I can't go. And one of those ladies had never played a game in her life, never played a card game, grew up in a house where um, it was believed that gambling was sinful. You know, that like I mean, games, kind of games were sinful. Hmm. And she didn't even know how to play rummy. Well, now she's been thoroughly corrupted. But along that process, I tried to let her win from time to time, you know, so she could get a taste of why it can be fun. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. I, I don't, I mean, as a kid. You're super competitive, Ben. I'm actually not. I'd rather not play than get into this whole money thing. Look, here's what I learned playing cards for money. I learned that it didn't bring me a lot of joy to take my friend's money. Mm -hmm. And it brought me an incredible amount of annoyance to give my friends money. <laughs> So it just, there was no upside for me playing for money. But just generally, you're competitive when it comes to playing games. I mean, I think of ping pong at Essex Community College. Yeah. You were very competitive. Yes. Well, you know what? It's no fun playing with somebody who's not competitive. That. At least a little bit. Yeah. Well, like Scott. Like oh, Scott. Scott will let you win in a, in a heartbeat. Well, if Scott just doesn't sorry. care. His feeling, you know, <laughs> winning and losing, like if you hooked up something to his brain, there would be no signal to indicate victory or defeat. He just doesn't care when it comes to, to games like that. It's a middle child thing. Yeah. Probably so. You know, I did gamble one time. Hmm. We spent winters in Florida with Scott and Margie many years, and it stopped when COVID came. We couldn't go. And we haven't been back since, but we might resume. So two days a week, I would play mahjong with groups. <laughs> Once a week, I would go to the community center and play. And it was fun. It was feel good. It was 
was a big room filled with tables of four and everybody was welcome and it was a fun experience. And then I went to another community center and I called them ahead of time. It was actually a Jewish temple that I went to. And I called them ahead of time because I saw that they had mahjong every Wednesday. And I said, I've never been, and I'm not Jewish, and would I be welcome to come and play mahjong? And she said, of course, everybody, our doors are open, everybody's welcome. And I said, oh, fun, I'm going to come and, and play with you on Wednesday. And she said, well, you're more than welcome. She said, uh, pie is um, $3. I said, well, I'm going to come, but um, I won't be eating any pie. And she laughed and she said, no, honey, pie is the amount of money that you can lose. So bring $3 with you and you won't lose any more than $3. And who knows, you might go home with, you know, with some money. So I thought about it and I thought, you know what, this is good material. This would be funny to write about. I've <laughs> never played for money. Well, I talked to your cousin, Nancy, and I told her I, I was going to go that afternoon. She said, Peggy, don't go. <laughs> she said, those women will eat you alive. And I said, Nancy, I want to go. I'm going to go. And she said, okay, well, get dressed up because these ladies are going to be all dressed up. No house dresses, you know, no, they're going to be all dressed up and wear any jewelry that you have if you want to fit in. <laughs> so I, so I, I did have a ring and I put my earrings on and, and I got dressed up and I went... Well, <laughs> it was fun. I lost all my money uh, in no time. <laughs> and I'm a pretty good mahjong player, oh, but uh -huh. I lost all my money. So after I lost my money, after you lose your money, you can continue playing. And one of the ladies at the table said, so I put out a tile that someone picked up and won with. I didn't have much choice because of what was in my hand. And she said, well, you should have known she was going to win. You knew she needed that tile. I said, no, I didn't really know for sure. She said, well, that's okay for you to say you've lost all your money, but the rest of us are still, <laughs> we've still got money. <laughs> so, but they were extremely nice to me, and they invited me back the next week, of course. And so I went. I went the next week, and I didn't lose all my money. In fact, I won a couple of games. And these ladies were just super nice to me. And uh, and they didn't know I was a writer, and they didn't know I was going to write about it. Oh. <laughs> so I went. I went on Wednesdays. And sometimes I won, and sometimes I lost. But I always always felt welcome. And that was my only experience um, gambling with money. And tell you the truth, I'd rather not. I think it changes the dynamic. Well, the thing I don't understand, and Chuck, you can speak to this, if you're Playing for nickels, dimes, and quarters. If you're playing for anything, you can afford to lose. Yeah. Then where are the stakes, really? Like, where's the action? And as you think about that, you know, I want to clarify something I said, too. I, I said I don't gamble. That's not true. I don't gamble in casinos, and I don't gamble with cards. But, I mean, I gamble every day, a lot. I mean, I I make big bets on all sorts of things in in business and in the foundation, you know, but there are bets that I feel like I can 
support. I'm betting on myself or my team in some way. And it's risky, and I've lost plenty, but like Chuck, I think I've won more. You know, I'm up overall in the game of life. <laughs> That's fair to say. But I mean, what's the point in gambling with nickels and quarters or even big bills if losing them doesn't change anything? Well, it's a way of keeping score, you know, so you know. It's like, okay, I'm going to go and play poker and you take $20 or whatever. And if you come back with $0, it was, ah, I didn't do very well. If you if you come back with 45 you go, ah, well, that wasn't bad. You know, it's a way of keeping score, I would say. Yeah, but mm-hmm. how is that different than writing down the score? Mm. Just keep it. You know, you, you can know. buy a cup of coffee with it, you know, if you win. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. When I play Mahjong online and, you know, when I've been writing for an hour or two and I... My eyes are getting blurry and I need a change. I'll hop on to a Mahjong game online and you play with live people. And every time I win, I keep my card right here. Every time I win, I give myself a little dot on the hand, on my winning hand. And it does make me feel a little bit proud to look at my card. Look at all those red dots. Look at all the times I've won. I don't feel quite as good about winning if I don't put that dot there. Interesting. Right. Yeah. It's a thing. It's, I mean, so yes, of course, gambling, wagering is a way of keeping score. It's certainly not the only way. But Chuck, you, I mean, you know a lot of people who gamble. Mm-hmm. How do you know when they have a problem? How do they know when they have a problem? Uh, you know, when they start coming to you and asking for money. But um, I don't think anybody in my game has a problem. I mean, I know I know there is one guy who went through a bad streak where he lost a lot, um, multiple weeks in a row or whatever. And I know that he would stop on the way home at the ATM and withdraw money just so that his wife wouldn't give him a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's a warning sign. That might be a warning sign. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I still would like to learn how to play because it looks like... Well, it's going to cost you, Peggy, Um, but I'm happy to do it. (laughs) Oh, I think I'll let these guys teach me. They're very friendly. They always are. They're always friendly, Mom. Yeah, Yeah. at first. (laughs) Yeah, like those Mahjong ladies. They were really friendly. They hustled you. Uh, First taste Please come free. back next week. You're more than welcome. Oh, yeah. You're a delight to be around. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The pie is $5. The pie is now $10. <laughs> oh, I don't I've never really heard it understand the, the game. Don't worry. We'll let you know when you win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Is the like pie that. a thing, Chuck, in poker? Is that a common term? Never heard never, that expression. No. The pie. The pie is three. I don't know how you spell it, whether it's P-I or P-I-E or... I'm not sure, but it's an interesting well, P. concept. Well, pi, pi, interestingly, is also three or close to it. 3.14, I believe, is pi, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Mom? It's math. I do. I do. The I thought it was 3.17, but 3.14 is probably right. How would I do that with a calculator? To say, what is pi? Out. It'd be pi. Into my calculator? Just say. What is oh. pi? <laughs> oh, <laughs> The value of pie. <laughs> hey, Siri, what's the value of pie? 
Yeah, it's going to give you a... Here are the first 10 digits of pi, 3.14, et cetera. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 3.14. Right. Huh. All right. All right, well, that's fascinating. Mom, anything else? It's 46 minutes. I got a big day. I got a big day in front of me today. I got a lot yeah, to do. So, so if you got anything else I. interesting, this is the time. Are you going to write? Yeah, I wrote this morning. Oh, Mike, I've... Yeah, I'm accomplishing quite a bit. Um, a few months ago, I was really worried that I was had kind of hit a snag, that I, I was just so busy doing this and that, and there's always something I'm supposed to be doing. I just wasn't getting a lot of writing time. But, yeah, this last couple of months, I'm really, yeah. No, so this is book four. How many words we got? Do we know? Well, I've got about 30,000 already, and, and I've got a lot of stories that need a lot of, you know. More words. You wouldn't believe how many notes I have. I keep taking all these notes, and I, I've got pages and pages, pages and pages of notes that are good notes, and they will enrich my stories. And so, yeah, it's fun. All right. I do enjoy it. Well, get on it. Because I know that, you know, I read, we've talked about this before, but is there a greater, <laughs> what's the biggest impediment to writers? The single biggest impediment writers face? Well, it certainly isn't, in my case, it is not that I don't have the material because I have material mm -hmm. falling from the heavens 24-7. Mm -hmm. You know, it's assimilating it, it's organizing it. And so forth, but it's finding its distractions. There are That's major it. distractions. That's the answer. And I remember Stephen King said the most important thing a writer needs is a door with a lock on it. <laughs> right. I would never do that. But um, I know writers who are younger and have children, and have children outside of their door waiting for their time and attention. I don't have that distraction. I have dad, but you know, since we moved here, he's really busy and he's very respectful of my writing time. And uh, I never worry that he's bored, doesn't have anything to do. There's so many activities here at the home. So if I'm not accomplishing anything now, it's just my own fault. All right, well, just don't forget about the matrix on the refrigerator with the drops that need to be administered every hour oh. or so you're probably timed like right now right two o'clock yeah two o'clock 11 but yeah <laughs> so it's two o'clock now all right yeah he had him at nine he gets them at two and he gets them at seven and eleven <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> yeah all right yeah. mom anything else you want to say no except that i look forward to these visits with you guys next time i come maybe i'll tell you i've played a game of poker Hmm? Or not. Or maybe I'll just go and watch again. No, go play. It'd be fun. Yeah. It's yeah. something new. I don't know how to um, arrange my nickels. Some people had these little troughs that they put their nickels in, and they're all so neat. Some of the men are so neat, and the women. And some of them are really sloppy. They just throw them all in, the, all in together, and they've got their dimes in there. And I like that. Peggy, you play and big too, right? Oh, I play big two, yeah. Well, you know, those the hands that you play in big two are poker hands. Yes, I do you know do. poker hands. Okay. It's all the variations that are. Uh, and they have funny names, and those guys all know what they mean, you know. 
Next time I'll take notes. I don't know how to uh, arrange they bring, my nickels. They bring rolls of nickels. Yeah, they, yeah. they arrange rolls of Those nickels. are just to hold in their hands if they get in a fight to like, you know. Oh, is that know. what they do? Yeah, that's what the roll of nickels <laughs> is for. I didn't see any fighting. That's good. That's probably a good sign. <laughs> I tried to watch the women and the men and see the differences in their approach and their attitude. The women laugh a lot more. <laughs> Interesting. And the men cuss a little. Mm, that I can but see. maybe they were holding back because I was there. I don't know. And I don't know how many to take. I think I better just watch for a while. If I have any questions, Chuck, I have your number. Please, yeah, call me anytime. Do you know the song, okay. If I Had a Nose Full of Nickels? No. It's a great song. <laughs> I think it's Louie, Louie the singing cab driver, Lou Carter. Lou Carter, a guy in Chicago came out with an album years ago. It's sort of almost in the style of Al Jolson, but uh-huh. he's got such great songs on it. They're, they're like whimsical and funny and, and just surprised more people have never heard of him. What but is his name? His name's Lou Carter, and he's the Lou singing Carter. cabbie. If I had a nose full of nickels, I know just what I would do. I would give them to folks who was having tough times. For I know that would bring me a heart full of dimes. I'd spend the dimes on streetcars to take poor kids to the zoo. That would leave me with one streetcar token. Yes, my heart would be broke, but not broken. Like I said to Mitch, if you're poor and not rich, I'd sneeze all my nickels at you. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. Oh, I'm going to look him up. He also wrote, uh, Down Where the Streetcar Bends. I met my love in the summertime, Down Where the Streetcar Bends. I kissed my love in the wintertime, Down Where the Streetcar Bends. We used to spoon by the fork in the road, where lovers would dilly and dally. But they dug up the park where we kissed in the dark and built a bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so random. Yeah, I love Uh, it. Yeah, yeah, really great. You'll like him. Lou Carter, the singing cabbie. I'm sure he's out there somewhere on Spotify. Oh, I'm sure. I'll find it. All right, and now it's time to do the drop. I got to make the drop now. What's the, oh, the drops. Got to make the, the drop. It sounds like a yeah. spy novel. Okay. Yeah, time to make the drop. Thanks, everyone, for joining me for Coffee with My Mom. Whatever you do, arrange your nickels in an efficacious fashion, and don't forget the drops. Love you. This episode is over now. I hope it was worthwhile. Sorry it went on so long, but if it made you smile... Then share your satisfaction in the way that people do. Take some time to go online and leave us a review. 
I hate to ask, I hate to beg, I hate to be a nudge. But in this world, the advertisers really like to judge. You don't need to write a bunch, just a line or two. All you've got to do is leave a quick five-star review. Not four. All you've got to do is leave a quick five-star review. And not three. All you've got to do is leave a quick five-star review. Definitely not two. All you've got to do is leave a quick five-star review. We need five. All you've got to do is leave a quick Even if you hate five. it. Star Especially if you hate it. Thank you.